And it is time for the Let's Talk program, the show that features the Beaver Dam Unified School District and its illustrious leader, Mark DiStefano. Mark, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Oh, how about thank we you turn so on much. your mic? There we go. Thank you so much. Uh, testing, testing. Testing. Are we in good shape now? I think we are in good shape. <laughs> that sounds good. I'm doing well. Thanks for asking, Craig. It's a pleasure to have you uh, take the lead on this engagement. <laughs> right. With apologies, I guess, going right into the uh, the conversation. <laughs> no, no. You, you do a great job at this. We've done this before, so it should be swimmingly. It's You know, it's been a while. You know the last time we had done this? Oh, boy. Uh I believe a car had just driven into the Beaver Dam Middle School. It was the last time we sat down face to face like this? Probably, <laughs> probably. Let's, For, let's bring up dramatic right. events. Fortunately, uh, things have been going much more swimmingly at the uh, Beaver Dam School District uh, since that time. But seriously, how is everybody? How, how's the staff? How's the students doing? What's going on? You know, we're very we're very fortunate. There's a lot to celebrate. I think, generally speaking, things are going very well. It's it's a unique time of year, as everybody's aware of. You're kind of in the the mix and the muddle and the mire of of the winter season. So sometimes it's hard to get excited about things, and we're looking for <laughs> looking forward to warmer days and more sun. But got a lot to celebrate, Craig, and um, particularly when it comes to um, I think our our students and their engagement and their involvement in our community and the types of things that are happening. And I know some of the folks that are generally um, pretty active and and. Um, attending events and, and whatnot are familiar with, you know, we're in the heart of playoff season or, or I guess starting into that playoff season for the winter sports. I know folks get excited about that. And uh, we've got a conference championship basketball game scheduled for this evening. Our hockey team um, has had a wonderful season and uh, the boys hockey team has a home playoff game. I think they're going to be hosting actually on Saturday. It's a reschedule because the other school district had canceled. So there's a lot of good things going on. And, um, you know, upcoming already is the spring play, which is pretty exciting. Uh, the spring play called Vintage Hitchcock, a live radio play. So folks uh, who appreciate the radio um, and folks like yourself, obviously, that provides such a wonderful service here. Got to be excited about that particular spring play, and that starts the 23rd of February. That's our spring play. So we're really optimistic about the weather changing because that's what we're dubbing. Um, our spring play. So folks can go ahead and, and get out there uh, next week and, and enjoy that opportunity. But a lot of things going on, a lot of things to celebrate uh, with that. Tonight we've got parent-teacher conferences at the elementaries taking place. I'm sure people are looking forward to to that tonight with a little bit of snow on the ground. Oh, How yeah. about you? Is, is, and is that going to inhibit anything? Is there a possibility of anything being delayed because of that? There's always a possibility, Craig. What I've found is my ability to predict the future, let alone our weather <laughs> experts' ability to predict the future, is... <laughs> Is somewhat limited lately. Yeah. I noticed you didn't have your crystal ball. I didn't. I didn't bring my crystal ball. But no. So we've been. And I'll tell you what. At the elementary level, our parent engagement's unbelievably high. Um, it's excellent. So that's a shout out to our our parents and our our staff that I think do a wonderful job. Um, reaching out, engaging. Uh, they schedule these, you know, these are basically one-on-one -on -one engagements that are scheduled. And uh, so I know they're looking forward to it. And I'm very optimistic we'll be able to, to hold them even if there's a there's a few flurries in the air. So, yeah, that's that's exciting. Are there any walk-in opportunities with that? 
Uh, at the elementary level, typically not. They schedule those, and they they usually literally schedule all of them um, for the days that they're they're slated to have them. And then I know that our staff does a wonderful job. If for some reason the timing of that doesn't work, uh, they work very well to accommodate families, and they'll they'll hold some individual conferences on on different days and and whatnot. But you know, it's been great. And parent engagement. You know, one of the things that I know we'll talk about a little bit later, but um, I had the opportunity to meet with some parent leaders um, from Wilson Elementary, for example, because of some of the things that we were discussing, and um, just really pleased with you know their ability to take the time um, to to spend some time and sit down and chat through things and um, and ask really really good questions and um, share their sentiments um, and thoughts and perspectives. It's just been really really good and really really valuable. So just encouraging people to stay engaged and. Um, you know, let us know. Let us know how things are and give us feedback. That's how we get better. And, you know, we're here to serve our students and serve our families and serve the community. And that engagement's really, really important. And uh, WBEV Daily Dodge likes to uh, help facilitate that engagement. Uh, you can uh, listen to or watch that uh, Badger Conference girls basketball game uh, tonight on uh, video at Daily Dodge uh, or on our uh, ESPN 1430 station. Uh, tomorrow we got yep. Watertown at Beaver Dam Boys Basketball. You mentioned that hockey earlier. That yep. uh, coverage starts at seven fifteen on Saturday night. Video yep. only. Yeah, people have people have really appreciated that. And I know when we started this um, partnership for some of those things, um, you know, kind of into the video realm. Um, I, you know, there were there were some other things that were obviously necessitating um, a, kind of a, a growth in that area. But it's really been a value add, and it's a very very positive reflection on our community as a whole. So I just want to you know, emphasize that. I think um, it's an opportunity for Beaver Dam as a whole, not just the Beaver Dam Unified School District, to put a really best foot and a positive foot forward. So when people think about you know, Beaver Dam, they think about, oh, they've got that, you know, they provide that, that high-quality product. And, and obviously for our families and our kids, it's a big deal. You know, it's it's pretty neat for them, and it's 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 pretty special that we're able to do those those types of things. So, yeah, very excited, excited about the engagement. Even though it's February and people can kind of be in that funk, uh, we're we're very fortunate to have uh, the level of engagement that we do, and and the opportunity to celebrate what we're able to celebrate this time of year. And and before we dive into other things too, just um, I know we had posted on our Facebook, and we did a couple other things to to reach out and provide shoutouts, but. Uh, this week is Wisconsin School Bus Drivers Appreciation Week. Oh. Um, I don't think the uh, those who are in charge of the weather uh, were taking that into account with today, just having to navigate that. But we are very fortunate to have the bus drivers that we do and very much appreciate um, what what they do for our, our students and our families um, every day. So just please keep them in mind. And if you know anybody who who drives bus for us or anywhere else, uh, please, please thank them. And then yesterday was School Resource Officers Appreciation Day. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Yeah. So, and as folks are probably aware, we have three school resource officers, um, and they do an excellent job, and um, they are they are there to to provide wonderful services. Um, we're heavy on kind of that social work-esque relationships component of school resource officers. 
the enforcement part is probably the the least used component of their skill set it's about relationships it's about resources and it's about prevention and uh, we're very fortunate to have the officers that we do and the partnership that we have with the with the police department as well as other law enforcement agencies so are those school resource officers um, are they still assigned based on kind of the uh, uh, the building or the grade like high school middle school elementary level yeah so we have uh, we have one full-time school resource officer that's um, assigned specifically to uh, the high school that's uh, officer Tony Carroll and then we have um, one school resource officer that's assigned specifically to the middle school that's officer Andy Stracota and then we have um, our third school resource officer is officer uh, Matt Edwards and he is assigned to our elementary schools and then he works with uh, the principals and he is on a regular uh, rotation as to which school he's at during different parts of the day um, and that's worked out really, really well. And when when we talk about public safety, I believe since the last time we've seen you, we might have also had um, crossing guard day in between now and then. Another, even Huge. if it wasn't, another uh, remarkable contribution to keeping our kids safe. Absolutely. Very, very important. And in a community like ours where we do have a number of students who, who walk just because of the proximity our schools are to the neighborhoods, um, that's an invaluable uh, resource. And um, and thank you to the to the, the police department in the city for uh, their continued effort and engagement in helping um, you know put together that team of crossing guards and support them and train them and provide them with the resources they need to um, to help keep our kids and our community safe and it is february one of the things that the uh, beaver dam school board and beaver dam school district has been doing is shining a spotlight on a, uh, a special school uh, each month and february is no different February is no different. I know, Craig, I, I know you're a huge fan of our school of the month theme. So there's an inside joke on this. But honestly, uh, yeah, so every month we do, not every month of the year, there's not 12 schools, but we do highlight a school. And February um, is Beaver Dam High School. School of the month. I think this is getting out of control. It is. No. It is. I need but, to rein myself in here. <laughs> yeah. No. So Beaver Dam High School is our school of the month. Um, Beaver Dam High School, for folks that uh, don't know, serves students grades 9 through 12. We have uh, over 1,000 students in our high school. So um, just under 1,100, actually. And um, so our, wow. our class size is is typically between 250 and 270 um, at, at each particular grade level. And um, we're very fortunate to have have the services that we have there. And, you know, we, we, we tout things, obviously. We tout how diverse our course offerings are because, because of our size. We're able to offer more. Um, and there's some really unique experiences uh, that we're able to help facilitate for our kids. And a lot of great high schools, obviously, in our region. We're very fortunate to have very, very strong public high schools um, throughout the state and particularly in this region. But we're, we're fortunate where, where we are here in Beaver Dam and very proud of, of what we are doing. But there's something really cool that's going on um, with our school that kind of kicked off uh, about a year and a half ago. And um, it's growing, and I think it's kind of a, a powerful, nested um, reality that adds a lot of value, particularly to a school our size. And believe it or not, it's not huge. It might be big for our area. 1100 is not huge, but it's big enough that I think it's really important that we deliberately engage in kind of some some of those um, uh, programs or opportunities that help 
um, cultivate a community feel and kind of this culture of connectedness and support. And one of the things that, that's been happening at Beaver Dam High School is something called Sources of Strength. And Sources of Strength is essentially a, a program that's committed to having peer leaders spread the idea of hope, help, and strength amongst their peers and help help their fellow students just feel connected, feel valued, know that they're there as individuals. As, as students, as peers to help each other, then there are peers in the school that you can go to as a student and talk to um, about different realities and things and just help people realize. And we always talk about, you know, there needs to be a trusted adult. And absolutely, there are trusted adults in all of our buildings and, and students should know who those trusted adults are. But there's really nothing more powerful for a student to know that there are other students, other peers their age, that they can talk to about things going on in their life. And the sources of strength, um, it would be neat, honestly, to have them come on you know, separately um, when I think about like, you know, some of the other programming that you do and have some of the, the staff leaders and the kids. Uh, we actually had some of the kids at our School of the Month presentation pre- present with uh, some of our staff leaders. But just talk about what they do. I mean, they, they, they really highlight positive friendships, the mentorship opportunities, um, generosity, and the value of that as, as being a young adult and how you can contribute to that in the schools, um, the importance of physical health. Um, participating in healthy activities, what it means to be mentally um, mentally healthy and what types of things that you can do. And, and kids can talk to each other about their experiences and engage in that. And we've got about probably 40 plus students right around that number that are actively involved in helping cultivate this right now. Um, and it's grown. And we've got a couple of really dedicated staff uh, that are helping facilitate that. So I see that being a really neat, very, very positive, nested um, opportunity that's that's just going to help the the overall connectedness and well-being of the high school moving forward. And, and, and there's been a lot of positive feedback from it already. Well, my oldest daughter was at the uh, Beaver Dam High School. Uh, they had a, a similar kind of peer mentorship program called the LINK program. Is this yes. similar to that? So there's components of that that are very similar. So the LINK, uh, what you're talking about, that LINK crew program really focuses on that freshman transition. So uh. we still have that that component um, of it. And that's still there's still a heavy emphasis on those those transitional realities. Um, this is more kind of all-encompassing about your mm. overall kind of, um, you know, we'll call it school life or kind of campus life yeah. experience. Um, so really, really neat. And, and again, what's what's so cool about it, I think, is the focus on kind of that peer leadership and peer connectedness. Um, you know, we've we've got kids. There's a lot of kids that want to be part of helping other kids have the most positive experience they can and help support them and value that. Um, and I think sometimes as adults and as systems, we think that we need to do all these things as the adults. Sometimes we need to really facilitate the opportunity for the kids to share their talents and passion with one another because they're phenomenal resources. Our kids are wonderful assets and they really know and can tune into how other kids are, are doing and feeling um, and, and they can help create that connectedness more than more than we can, we just need to provide the the supports and 
and, and help them actualize that reality. Beaver Dam High School, the February School of the Month. What are some other focus areas this year for uh, the high school? Yeah, so our, our high school has made a, a, a couple of nice little steps academically, and they're, they're doubling down on some of their focus and efforts and some of those core academic places, Craig. Um, really focusing on some instructional practices and opportunities to enhance rigor. So I know our Director of Teaching and Learning has been working a lot with our principal and their team on, on just providing um, uh, quality feedback um, instructionally to help our teachers um, elevate and respond to some of the needs and demands of our of our, our students and help them be as successful as they can. So as part of their school success plan, um, and most of our schools, you know, really obviously do focus on the kind of that power core academic area and in mathematics and, and English language arts or reading. So, you know, those types of things are happening. And I, I, what I think people are probably noticing is that our, our administrators are spending even more time engaging with our staff in the classroom and providing feedback, and I think that's a real positive value add. Um, and I think that's really important in order to help support our teachers, support our kids. So that's something that's taking place in, um, on, on, at a higher level than I think it was previously, which is really exciting. Um, and then just you know looking looking ahead, uh, I think we're at a really unique time when it comes to high school education and the experiences that we provide for kids, Craig. And I think as we look forward for the high school, I think people are going to see that the Beaver Dam High School is going to really up their ante as it relates to how we engage students later on in their high school years to make sure that they have as many authentic experiences possible before they transition out. So really kind of um, increasing the amount of experiences and opportunities they have that senior year and maybe this even the second half of their junior year, but really enhancing what the senior year looks like to make sure it's really, really authentic in their engagement as it relates to career focus, as it relates to tech focus, as it relates to even kind of a, a university commitment, if that's that's a pathway our kids wanna wanna take. So I can see looking ahead that that high school experience, again, particularly for our upperclassmen, um, evolves a little bit over the next few years to really get them out and engaged in really in, in more and more meaningful experiences. And we've got a robust youth apprenticeship program. We've got a number of kids who take advantage of that. Probably not enough, though. I think we can do more. I think our employers in the community are looking for more opportunities to engage with our kids. I think the opportunities with a tech school next door, I think there's more opportunities to engage our students um, to make sure that they really feel the relevance and the connectedness between what they have been accomplishing and what they're doing as they're closing out this chapter of their K-12 experience and taking a step forward to being hopefully very positive and productive citizens in our community. So I, I can see that system adjustment starting to take place and us really diving into some of that work. How would you say that the, the high school itself as a facility, how would you say that building following the successful referendum and the improvements that uh, got underway, how do you think that helps literally facilitate some of these things that we're, we're talking about? Yeah, I, I, I think it helps a great deal. I mean, I think one, the overall, um, you know, the overall just climate of the building, the, the experience, I think is it's very much a, a healthy one. I think there's a lot of 
embedded opportunities for kids to engage um, as peers and, and to collaborate. And I think the spaces are powerful in us being able to offer some really specialized opportunities to prepare them for those authentic experiences. So that's been a huge, huge uh, value add. The other thing that we're really trying to really trying to focus on and I think is a really, really important step as we move forward is helping our students, not just our not not just helping our community appreciate and understand the, the value of this connectedness and continued investment in public education, but really helping our students understand and appreciate the, the value of community and what it means to be a very positive value add to a community that you're living in and give back and stay connected and that service mindset kind of those high character traits we need to help our students appreciate that um, and, and I think this generation wants that we see activity involvement and clubs and those things actually pretty high higher than one would expect when we have volunteer opportunities or service opportunities kids really really enjoy that um, I think they realize that. I think this generation's more tuned into politics, um, which can actually be good. I think that's a, that was reflective of a level of engagement um, and belief that they can have an impact and what they do matters. So I, I, you know, I think when we think about that facility and we think about those experiences, there's so many opportunities to bring kids and community together with that facility. Um, I, I, I think it plays very well looking forward. And quite frankly, when we design that facility, um, you know, and, and we, we move forward with that work, it was really a forward-thinking design in many respects. And, and proof, proof of that would be that the, when you go to, if you were to go right now, Craig, to, um, to a, a program that was highlighting what schools should be looking like if you're building a school now or in the next you know, 10 to 15 years, and you looked at the model design and layouts of certain components of those schools, you would look at it and you would think, oh, that's kind of like what Beaver Dam High School looks like you know, from the inside. Now, they're not all designed to be the largest sprawling ranch home in Dodge <laughs> County, per se. But when you look like, when you look at the flow of the experiences, when you look at the opportunities for engagement and collaboration, um, how you're nesting what we did, um, you know, with centralizing that kind of that STEM or that STEAM component in the middle of the building, um, really encouraging that engagement with kids and highlighting kind of the opportunities and focus. You. You're, you're seeing right now with what we were able to accomplish six years ago, you're seeing that with design elements and planning for the next 10 to 15 years, which is great. You know, we didn't, we didn't just go with what was, we went with what's going to be and where the value add is for the future, and, and that set us up nicely. You got a couple facilities uh, above and beyond the, uh, the high school. In fact, the Beaver Dam School Board just this past Monday uh, had discussion, took some action on the five-year facility plan uh mm -hmm. catch us up on that yeah so um <laughs> there's you know there's a lot to it but i think it's it's relatively simple i, I kind of break it up in my head and in, in four different things i think essentially you know what what the what the district did what the school board essentially approved was that um that Wilson Elementary School will essentially transition in its service delivery model over the next two and a half years from a traditional elementary school to uh, a community-based child care and early learning center. 
And, and in so doing, the students that would have typically gone to Wilson Elementary School essentially will be going to Washington Elementary School. So th th those two pieces, and those are two of the pieces, those two pieces essentially reflect a commitment towards multi-section elementary schools. And multi-section elementary schools in our district, they're not huge multi-section elementary schools, by the way. We're talking three-section elementary schools at the largest. Um, and when you look around, um, check out the landscape, right? You'll see four, five, six section elementary schools. That's not unheard of. Three is really nice. It provides us the collaboration and the efficiencies, which it's important to have some efficiencies in how you operate. Um, it provides us those kind of benefits, those educational benefits, those cost-related benefits, um, and um, and it's not too big. You don't lose that kind of that connectedness. Um, and so we're showing that commitment to that and we're also um, tailoring that with there's a need and there's a demand to invest in childcare and uh, early learning experiences for our kids. And by having this facility available, we can partner with other folks in our community to help actualize increased opportunities for our families um, to access high quality childcare in the community. So there's really a nice little marriage of this. And I know that previously Wilson had been a conversation um, when the board had taken some action uh, regarding South Beaver Dam. And at that time, um, we chose to, to not engage Wilson. Um, in, in those conversations or not not move away from Wilson as a single section elementary school but now with this opportunity too um, and we look at some of the operational uh, demands overall we need to make an investment also in Washington and this this kind of commits us to that investment as well because we're going to be um, you know creating essentially a comprehensive three section elementary school at Washington which is on it's in a great location it's a prime campus green space proximity to a park as well I mean there's a lot of value add there um, so it's really a nice marriage great opportunity we're very very excited about those two components of the the facility plan I feel like that uh, is are you essentially building kind of another school onto Washington and when we say the term section just maybe for the benefit of those who may sure. not know that yep. means like if, if you've got one section would be like one third grade class. Three Correct. sections would be like three third grade classes. Or do, do you have to build on a uh, a classroom for K one two three four five onto Washington? So no, we don't have to add six classrooms, which is nice. Okay. Right? Um, so the the neat thing about uh, Washington's capacity. So Washington, and I actually don't have this written down, so I'm going to talk a little bit loosely here. I appreciate some grace, but I think Washington, off the top of my head, has about fifty two to fifty five thousand square feet. Mm. Okay, uh, Wilson had about thirty thirty two thousand, maybe at the tops square square footage of of, of space to use. Uh, of that space, you have like gyms, you have cafeteria, etc. So some of that. You know, um, anyway, some of that's not, you know, direct instructional space. Washington, during, I'll call it kind of its height of enrollment in that region, actually um, had around 300 students in it. 300 students in that in that particular elementary school. So you had two sections, and then you also had some bubble classes every once in a while, um, but it still operated essentially as a two-section elementary school. But the number 300 actually is more reflective of a three-section elementary school, mm -hmm. just saying. 
uh, Wilson operates with about 112 kids, has typically been between, you know, 105 and 125 kids, okay? So in Washington currently is about 210, 212 kids. So there's a lot more space and opportunity there. Now how we use those spaces has evolved, but some of that's evolved just because of access and convenience because if the spaces aren't being used or we're able to use them in certain ways right now we're going to use them right so uh, essentially there are spaces in there that can be redefined to to help receive the the students that would be coming from wilson we we are going to add on some things um but that's going to in some classes and that's going to enhance and make sure that we're not you know creating this cramped like feel mm -hmm. right i mean there needs to be a space a flow logical connectedness between certain grade levels so we'll do those enhancements and there's some other updates that washington quite frankly needs you know washington was built in 1949 okay uh there were some updates done over time we obviously there were some things that were tucked in um, as part of our efforts to upgrade uh security around that referendum uh the capital uh referendum um you know, several, well, several, several years ago now, I guess, but not that long ago. So, um, you know, there's been some enhancements, but there's some other things that really need to take place. And, and, and we'll kind of bring all those things together as we're receiving the students from Wilson and making some of those other investments. And, and uh, depending on, you know, where some of that money is coming from, the staging and the timeline for some of those things might look different. You know, ultimately, by the fall of 2025, we will be absolutely ready to receive all the students from Wilson Elementary. Um, by the fall of 2024, those kindergartners will start coming there. We're in great shape. We could actually hypothetically have them come now, but you know we don't want to we don't want to draw out the transition. You know, a one step is is usually um, better. I think so. Anyway, um, yeah, it's it's exciting. Uh, we're investing in a great space, a prime location, um, a building that's been really pretty well taken care of too. And rather than looking at building a new one, you know, we're investing in that. And, and again, part of it goes back to the location, the campus, what it has to offer, and that tells us, you know what? Let's continue to invest in this because we could probably get another thirty years or more out of that facility if we invest in it well. So the other component of that then is the uh, the child care, the early learning component, mm -hmm. which is, I mean, that's something we're hearing about not just here in Beaver Dam, not just here in Wisconsin. I mean, this is kind of a this is a nationwide issue that we're really kind of coming together and and talking about, and this seems to kind of address that yeah i think it's it really helps um it really helps i think in our community and it shows that we want to be partners and and helping serve and help be part of solutions um and we've got a resource um you know available by making this adjustment that we can partner with other folks and, and make some things happen that that increase the opportunities for for families and 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 then for us too internally i mean this is an opportunity for us to increase access for our own staff which is a value add and we've got a commitment to trying to attract and retain staff and and our staff you know they have children too and um, if we can help make accessing child care for them better as well that's great um, our staff will eventually you know be taking advantage of this opportunity but this will be a community um, accessible reality as well so I, I oh. want to make sure that this this is not exclusive not just um, for teachers no no this is um, this this is going to serve I, I think 
you're between 110 and probably 125 kids, maybe more over time. But um, I, I would see maybe 20, 25 of those being staff. So, I mean, this is really going to be a great value add, I think, for the community. Do you anticipate that this would be the type of thing that's rolled into an offer for a, a teacher in terms of a free childcare component? Or is, is I don't, it too early in the process for that yeah, conversation? You know, I, I think if, if financially... Um, school districts could really maybe afford that or to sustain something like that. I think they probably would entertain a heavy, heavy investment. You know, I can see it being very affordable for them, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but I think that people who are, are going to work in access childcare are always going to have to invest something mm-hmm. in that. So I don't necessarily see like a commitment to it necessarily being free. But having access to really high qu- quality childcare um, at a really competitive rate, I think is I think is a significant benefit in and of itself. Um, but I don't see us subsidizing the whole childcare cost. So here on the topic of the uh, five-year facility plan that was discussed and uh, portions adopted by the Beaver Dam School Board on Monday, let's talk about some of the other district buildings that may not have had such, um, you know, newsworthy um, action coming <laughs> yeah. out of there. Like, you know, are there things going on at the middle school that are in this that we should be aware of? Yeah, I think what's really neat about essentially the direction the board set um, was that we as a district are going to shift our focus from trying to continue to maintain a building that was originally built in 1922 towards uh, an eye at a new middle school, a new experience, um, um, and and invest in that effort and invest in a new middle school perhaps um, at a location that um, is more more of a value add for the overall experience of the kids, mm-hmm. of the parents, of the community as a whole. Um, because there's there's a lot of limitations with continuing to invest in, in that particular facility from a, just from a um, operational standpoint of the facility itself. And there's significant limitations in your ability to enhance or improve the overall reality of the middle school as it relates to that site, just because of its landlocked nature um, and some of the roadways um, in that in that area. So uh, we're we're shifting our look towards, um, what a new middle school could be, what that would look like, what it would take to get there. Um, but we're we're gonna we're gonna take a heavy and very intense uh, look at that. And because we're talking about investments in our facility plan on, you know, the prospect of a new middle school at some point in time down the road. And that doesn't mean that we're going to forget about the current middle school, by the way. I want people to understand, like, you know, we've got roof work to do there this summer. We're still going to do roof work. Uh, because eventually when we move away from it, we're going to want to con- we're going to want to be partners in helping make sure that, you know, th- whoever invests in that middle school down the road is able to use that space for something that adds value to our community. So we have to invest in the building. We've got kids there and teachers there right now. But we're not looking at committing large-scale capital investment. Investments. We're not thinking we're going to be there 10, 15, 20 more years. We're thinking that at some point in time, we're going to shift. We're going to shift away. And hopefully, you know, I mean, really, hopefully we're able to garner some community um, community support in helping make that happen. Um, so that's the piece kind of with the with the new middle school. And, and I think we'll probably be talking a lot more about that. And we're going to be engaging in some of that planning, um, a construction management partner and an architectural partner to help us frame what that could be, what that could look like. And the board's actions essentially gave us the green light to start to engage partners in helping understand what our next steps might be and, and what they probably should be. 
And then the last thing that I think sometimes there's misconceptions around this um, in the community, um, and, and I just want to address it. But the other thing that we invest in and will absolutely continue to invest in, and I think we have an obligation to invest in it, is the are the community spaces that the district offers and provides. And I think those are really, really important when we talk about the overall value of Beaver Dam and we talk about the, the quality, the experience from children to senior citizens. Our investment in those community spaces is really, really important. So we're going to continue to invest in things like the auditorium. We're going to continue to invest in things like just green space for kids to play soccer, run around, play, people to throw frisbees to their dogs. Like that's part of who we are. People drive by our schools in the weekend. They're going to see, you know, family members with children on playgrounds, kicking a ball around uh, the the soccer field at Jefferson Elementary, um, those types of things. We, you know, we provide some of those spaces for um, baseball, tennis, you know, uh, th those types of pieces. So we're going to continue to invest in those because we're part of the solution and part of the experience for people in Beaver Dam. But what I want to qualify is we're going to do that and really try to avoid spending operational dollars, our annual operational dollars to do that. And we've done a pretty good job there. But as the state has essentially, in my opinion, flatlined their commitment um, in some respects around public education, or definitely not kept up with the rising costs associated with it, you know, we've got to be more mindful and more efficient where we can. So we're going to commit to those community spaces, but we're going to look at other opportunities, private donations, other creative solutions to acquire some of the funding to invest in those community spaces. You know, while we have, you know, we have 77 or what is it, 700 some thousand square feet of, of space that we operate, we have 3,400 hours of scheduled community use in our facilities annually. 3,400 hours plus, that's scheduled. So that's not even non-scheduled, like weekend use of space that's available. Our community uses our spaces as they should, they pay for them. But that means that we need to invest in those community spaces too, to make sure that they're quality experiences for the people that are here and prospective people that are interested in, in coming to town. They wanna know that the community as a whole, and we're a reflection of that, invests in the spaces because we want people in our community that care that we invest in those spaces, that see caring for and tending to spaces and treating them well and putting our best foot forward matters to them. That's part of their values. That's, that's an overall value add for our community as a whole. You know, we have a lot of city officials on the airwaves here on WBEV. Oftentimes we talk about the uh, the two dozen or so uh, city parks that are available out mm -hmm. there, a dozen, a dozen and a half with playground equipment, what it might ever be. We, we never mention the, you know, the three or four offerings from the Beaver Dam School District into that mix of playgrounds mm -hmm. and, uh, and green space, essentially. Yeah, you know, and I think, um, I, I don't think every space needs to be identical either, too, mm -hmm. right? And I think, you know, it's, it's something that we can, you know, we can look at, I think we can partner with, certainly because we have kids the majority of the year, the calendar year, with us for seven plus hours a day. We have to have certain things available um, to them definitely. 
definitely. But you know, when we look at the overall experience of those spaces, um, I think there needs to be, and there has been consideration of what we have and what we don't have. You know, that's why we continue to invest in, um, you know, baseball fields, for example, because there aren't any other baseball fields really of of any quality anywhere else in the community. So we've got to make investments like that. Um, green space for soccer. You people don't realize necessarily that some of these after school activities they're not run by the district. Um, particularly when we talk about youth sports, uh, but we're just like the city. We're partners in helping facilitate those experiences, and we care. Um, like many of you, we we care that the 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 students, the children, and the families have a quality experience. So we want to partner. Um, and, and helping make those solutions happen to the extent we can. Going back to that idea of, uh, of early learning, what is, uh, what is 4K programming in the, uh, the school district looking like nowadays? Yeah, we're really, really proud of, of the 4K programming that we had. I don't know if you recall, but uh, last year we, uh, we added a, a section of full-day 4K um, at Jefferson Elementary. So we, we will continue to offer a section of that. We, other, other than that, we've got um, 4K programming um, actually at Wilson Elementary, at Prairie View Elementary, and then with our community partners. And one of the things that we're really excited about, if, if people are um, – if people have a, a child that's uh, going to be in f- uh, that that 4K band age-wise, or know of somebody who does, make sure they've reached out to the district and 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 set up a time to visit with us and and help help um, help us meet with them and 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 set them up for some positive experiences. But one of the exciting things too about next year that uh, we want to get the word out on is we're going to be expanding our wrap care opportunities associated with 4K. So you think about a traditional 4K, it's a half a program so if they're participating in 4k at our Y site or our community care site for example um, there's also a, a SKDS has a site for us um, there's wrap care elements sometimes associated with those sites also with our in-district sites and we operate all the 4k but with our in-district sites essentially um, we're going to be enhancing some of that um, wrap access so that if if families need some support caring for the child in the other half of the day um, we'll, we're going to be able to help partner with uh, partner with some community folks on making that happen so i think that's going to be a great value add for families um, and we're excited and now it's it's 4k registration time so like i said if you haven't if you haven't connected with somebody in the district um, and you have a child or know a child that's going to be ready for that um, age appropriate uh, for that 4k experience please reach out to us that is uh, coming very soon just a few minutes left in the program here you got a second to give us an update on open enrollment and what that looks like right now oh craig of course i do What's your burning question regarding open enrollment? So, so what's you know what, where is Beaver Dam? Are we uh, are we above the line, below the line when it comes to kids in and out? Yeah, we're right around the line essentially. Um, it's really it's really interesting. I think um, we're very fortunate to have uh, uh, a number of kids open enroll into our district. We do have a number that um, that open enroll out for the most part. The students that are open enrolling out either haven't been. Um, a part of our district before, which sounds unique, but essentially like if you lived in, I'll use Burnett as an example because we split Burnett with Horicon. If you lived in the east side of Burnett and maybe you had gone to Horicon and now for whatever reason you live on the west side of Burnett and you're in the Beaver Dam district, you can either come to Beaver Dam or you could stay in Horicon. So we have situations like that, so technically they'd be open and rolling out. Um, 
so generally speaking, I think the kids that come to Beaver Dam um, or the families that come to Beaver Dam from other communities, you know, they're looking for some of the experiences we're able to offer. Um, sometimes that's associated with rigor uh, because we have um, a huge variety of diverse, high university preparedness course offerings. Um, I think sometimes they're coming because of work and proximity, and our elementary schools are some of the highest performing elementary schools in the state of Wisconsin, so that gets people excited. Um, and I think sometimes they come for you know for other reasons, but I, I would encourage people to really consider and learn about what we do have to offer because it really is very significant and I'm, I'm very proud of our product and the kids that do open and roll into our district generally are very very successful and and that's exciting um, and and we definitely understand and appreciate and we've had conversations with those that are open and roll out and a lot of times it it has to do with a move or it has to do with you know maybe the family member graduated from a Dodgeland or graduated from you know, I'll say like a, a Randolph, for example, and they want that really small experience. Um, and, and that's okay. And we respect that. And maybe it's a family legacy thing. And, you know, we, we value and appreciate and understand that as well. Uh, but we're very proud of what we do have to offer K-12. And we have space available. Um, and we're really interested in families that have really high expectations for both their child as well as a school district. Final minute of the program here. It seems like thematically we've been talking a lot about not just the school, but the the community. Leave us with your final thoughts about that relationship. Yeah, I think um, our partnership with the community and our involvement in the communities of school districts are really, really important. And I think as as a school district and as I think as adults or as leaders, you know, if you, if you happen to be listening to this program, I think it's really important that we we do focus on celebrating what is good about what. Um, what Beaver Dam is really about. And I think we need to model and put our best foot forward and show that, um, one, this is a great place to raise a family. I've raised my family here. My kids have um, couldn't be happier with how they're turning out, per se. I'm very proud of what Beaver Dam is. I think we need to make sure we're taking time to celebrate that. I, I know that we've got a lot of things like any community that we can work on, Craig, but um, we need to really celebrate what we do have um, because it's a lot and it's great, and we want more people who share our values to to join us in that endeavor. And then I think, honestly, as a community, one of the things that we need to do and continue to model, even sometimes for our state leaders, is that you know when our differences are sometimes far afield, we will come together here in Beaver Dam and figure out how to work it out. Um, you know, sometimes the narrative about you know Craig says this and Mark because he has these views just automatically cancels out what Craig says, you know, and calls him a, a goofball. That's not cool. You know, let's have a conversation and let's be courageous and courteous enough um, to work through it and, and find a solution that's best for our community in the future. Let's talk, I believe, might be a good way to, there you uh, go. to cushion that. It's been wonderful sitting down with you here, Mark. We look forward to the next conversation. Thanks, Craig. And I'd like to extend a personal invite to you for our next School of the Month presentation um, next I, month. I can't wait. And I hope it's uh, the Beaver Dam High School again, where, uh, where my daughter is right now, so I can learn even more okay. about the wonderful things I'm working on, on over it. there. We'll see you. <laughs> Mark DiStefano, Beaver Dam Unified School District. That's Let's Talk.